Mike Jackson Estate. It's Ashley as your MC today, and we've got a very special episode because we got about 25 people guest starring here. Um, so we're just gonna do uh, <laughs> a quick intro. First of all, user one, are you there? User one is here. K is in the house. I'm super excited about tonight's episode because I know this is just about to be dope. So yeah, that's a way to put it. So um, what we'll do is we'll just go back down the line. Um, I just did a mic check with everybody. So we're going to go back in that order. Um, and everybody can share their names. And if you want to share your Twitter handle, that's cool. So we'll start with Destiny. Hey, everybody. This is Destiny. I'm Indigo Star on Twitter. Uh, 777. Um, yeah. Hi, everyone. This is Alicia. Um, I'm Forever Sequence on Twitter. As Randall, and I'm The Rock Files on Twitter and everywhere. Hi, it's LaToya, and my Twitter is Raina LaToya. Beautiful. And that's the game for today. Wait a minute, you didn't tell everybody our Twitter handle. What's, what is our Twitter handle, user one? It is at Blackjack Estate. Uh, you have to take so much... You know, like a, a pause between the two to remember I it. Want black to come out really strong. And mission accomplished. All right. All right. Great. So we got a dope episode today. Uh, we're just going to recap celebrating Michael and his home going, the 10th anniversary. Um, and we all went out to Cali this year to just go and pay our respects and kind of meditate on the last 10 years, um, how it's changed and... Um, everything involving being a Michael Jackson fan. So, um, Kay got an icebreaker over there. You ready to rock with that? Yeah, let's do it. So we wanted to do something really kind of fun just to break the ice. I know we got a chance to talk a little bit before we started recording, but just so we can kind of all get more comfortable with each other. I got a little MJ trivia for everyone, because if you are a true Michael Jackson fan, you should know these answers. Disclaimer. We didn't get all of these right, but that's fine. There's some softballs and some hard Wait, who, who is we? I mean, I got most of them Ma'am, right. Ma'am, you were way off on one of these, but I'm just going to let it roll. So, And that's fine. It was one. All right. So it's not about you, user two. All right. Randall. Yes, ma'am. You're up first. We want to test your Michael Jackson knowledge. What year was the album Bad released? And you get bonus points if you know the day and the month. I want to say it was, when was Michael born? August 29th, 1958. Oh, you working backwards. So mm-hmm. the Bad Album, I want to say, came out either a couple days before or a couple days after. His, ding, um, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. You really got You nailed it. So it is 1987, August 31st. There you go when we got greatness in the u.s via michael jackson's bad album all right randall you in the club you in the club all right you can, you can have it. <laughs> so destiny mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. my question for you is what was michael jackson's first solo number one single and you get bonus points if you know the year the song came out um so you said solo right Solo. Solo. Solo, dolo. And this, it doesn't have anything to do with the year or 
whatever, whatever, right? So if you get the year, that's just brownie points, but we just looking for the name of the song. Okay, because, yeah, because, see, my brain is going from between Jackson 5 and Michael as solo, solo. Oh, so we mean solo, 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 solo. You got to, you, you're oh. tipping on the edge of an answer. Go ahead and follow your heart. So <laughs> if, if it's that, it's possibly got to be there or either been. I, I mean, you are really warm. Now we need you to pick one of those because one of those is the correct answer. Yeah, I'm gonna go Travel. with the rap because <laughs> <laughs> that's because of the movie, and you know, I mean, that was the song. So, Destiny, what I do? Am I wrong? Shit, <laughs> no, you went through all that to get it right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she said she went with the rap. Ben was Michael Jackson <laughs> <laughs> going with the rap and not Mickey. Um, Ben was the first he was a mouse. Was he a mouse? He's a mouse. He's not a rat. There's no distinction. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. That's the same community. Same community. So Ben was the first solo number one. Does anybody know the year? If you, Ashley, you don't get an answer. Anybody know the year? I don't know the year. <laughs> anybody want to take a I guess? 1972. Correct. And that's what I'm talking about because I got that shit right the first time too. Yes, beloved. Oh, that right Ashley, that's because we cool. That's because we here. That's All the right. gang. That's the All gang right, right there. Bam, bam. All right. So, Alicia, this is your question. Mike, I want it. Let me give you, my sister claims she's ready for any MJ trivia. So, I'm going to say. Wow, I didn't say that. I I'm going to say an easy one. I'm going to say what I said. I I'm going to say the hard one. one for you. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right, Alicia. When the Black or White video premiered in 1991, it was broadcast simultaneously in how many countries? Oh, no. <laughs> you got it, Listen, girl. You let me it. give you a hint. Don't do what I did. Don't go too big. Yeah. Oh. But then it, it's also Michael Jackson, so you kind of, I mean, it's a big number, but it just ain't that big. Guys, I have no idea. Shoot. Uh. You gotta guess. You, you, I mean, when I say you gotta guess, I mean you gotta guess. I'm just, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna go with Michael's favorite number and say seven. Ooh, girl, <laughs> you made our man real small. You made him real small. I know. You I made him super small. Ashley made him too damn big, and you made him too damn small. Okay. No okay thing is <laughs> that was closer. You're getting close. You're getting close. <laughs> Getting close. Anybody? Anybody think they got the number? It's not seven. It's not thirty. I definitely <laughs> don't have the answer. Okay, so that one I do know. Yeah, that one I do know because I did a project sort of on the dangerous um, anniversary last year. So, 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 do you know the answer, Destiny? Yeah, I do. All right, give it to him. Uh, twenty-seven. Should Correct, Amundo. Okay, but I have seven in the answer. So. <laughs> and I was thinking that. I was thinking Ooh. that. I mean, you know, I mean, you did, but uh, that's a whole different number. But it's okay. It's all right. It's I'm just right. saying. I'm just saying. A, I said fifty. So yeah, Ashley was like fifty strong too. I was like talking about that nigga was a global superstar. Give right. him fifty. <laughs> Give him the world. He was even in places they didn't have TV. Just give it to him. Um, all right. Latoya. Yes. Beloved. I'm an easy one. All right. Ashley's rooting for you. Come on, Ashley. We got this, girl. We got this. I Ashley, got you. My phone a friend. If I got a phone a friend, it's going to be Ashley. I'm here. 
here is your um here is your question okay michael jackson mm -hmm. contacted john landis to work on his iconic short film thriller right. after seeing what film mm -hmm. by landis an American werewolf. Randall, withhold your disgust. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was me. That was Alicia. Oh. <laughs> Let me tell y'all, I had stepped out on faith on that one, and I said, Lord, "Oh, wait a minute. What's the name of the movie?" An American werewolf. American Look at you, girl. Full name of the movie. It's got something to do with a werewolf in America. So, I mean, that's... okay, not not quite. What is it? Team. It's London. <laughs> this nigga said team. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> What's the name of the movie? Uh, an American werewolf in London. In London. Yeah. London. Okay, I said I was going to say in Paris, but God told me not to say Paris. All right, here's your redeeming yeah. questions. Wow. Okay. Right. I get two. Okay. This That's is not... Ashley's question. Okay. What? Katie and Joe had a lot of kids. They did. What number child is Michael? Mm. <laughs> wow. Oh. They laughing because they know. And clearly, <laughs> no. I <did> not. <laughs> the answer has literally been given. Number, uh, number, number seven. Okay, number All right. seven. All right, that's mm -hmm. correct. Because that's All the right. number of completion. Y'all know. And that's what he said. All right, and 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 this is this is the question for whoever answers it first. Michael Jackson had a lot of pets. It was a real. Ooh, wait, do I am I in on this one? Because I'm ready. Yeah, you went on this one. All right, let's go. It was a real menagerie out there. Hell yeah. He wrote a song for a special lady. And he, the song <laughs> is named oh. after one of his pets. Who was the special lady that the Bitch. song was for? And what was the name of the pet? And what was the pet? What animal or demon was it? <laughs> his muscles and it was a snake. <laughs> And who was it for? Did y'all say Diana, Diana Ross, Ross was a snake? Y'all said Diana Ross was a snake? Nobody said Diana Ross was a snake. That's what I heard. Definitely not. <laughs> That's, that is not what was said. Okay, so everybody's a real fan, you know. And we just need to get everybody through the clearance gate. And um, so, yeah, we're good to go on that. So, Ashley, I'm throwing it back to you. MJ Trivia is over. Well, congratulations, nobody died, and everything went quite well. So now we're going to jump into um, our trip, our trip to Los Angeles, where, again, we went to go and honor the legacy of Michael and the 10 years since his passing. And so one of the first things we're going to talk about is just a discussion of each of our motivations for going to LA for the 10th anniversary and Whew, man, since then, like, I know we all know where we were when we found out the news and just kind of taking a moment to appreciate the fact that in that moment that felt impossible, in that moment that felt soul crushing, somehow carried on in this world um, where Michael Jackson is no longer with us. And I think we've just got this unique privilege where we did share Planet Earth with him for um, a good amount of time and a lot of 
a lot of fans did not have that privilege where we they got to enjoy him while he was here doing this thing and so kind of just thinking back on that and and what that was like and the shift in the universe that happened that day um and i've been to la many times but i'd never been for the for his um for his, the date of his passing on June 25th. And so instead of just sitting in my house and being depressed, I listen, when your girl's got PTO on the 25th, uh-huh, always uses it, never, ever goes to work on the 25th. I think I went to work once on the 25th and said, I'll never do that <laughs> shit again. Um, and so, yeah, it was just really important to kind of be there, be around other fans like y'all, and just just meditate on all the good things that he left for us. So that's kind of um, how it went for me. And I was only there for about a, a day and a half, close to two days, and just soaked up as much Michael as I could. So that was it for me. Uh, what about you, Kay? And Latoya, because I, I stayed with this beautiful sisterly duo of user one and user 1.5 <laughs> and, um, and, <laughs> and had the distinct privilege of driving around L.A. with y'all. So, like, what was your motivation to get out to yeah. L.A.? Well, you know, us driving around in our little uh, Corvette slash Hyundai, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. I, I mean, so I know that when we first started this podcast, we were like, okay, you know, 25th is coming up. We were discussing kind of ideas of what we wanted to do. And we were going to go to London for the scammer show. And then Michael must have spoke to us and said, it's not a good idea. It's called let's, let's be clear. Mm. The scammer is whom? Whomst are we speaking of? Mr. Mm. Mr. Quincy Jones. That's the one. Um, and we were going to go to that show and ultimately decided against it. I think because it was the 10th year and we felt we should maybe be in LA if we were going to go anywhere. And so we had a lot of discussions around that and just pulled the trigger on it. Um, I'll say it was important to go because kind of piggybacking on what um, Ashley was saying <clears throat> 10 years ago, it was like a shock. I remember that day and I remember hoping he would be okay and believing he would be okay and he wasn't um and it was it was so crushing just to be as big of a fan as I was then and am now it was just devastating to know that he was gone and and with so much expectation looking forward towards the future because he had these shows coming up so for me it was important to go and show my respect for who Michael Jackson as an artist has been in my life how influential and inspiring he has been to me in becoming who I am um, and striving for perfection in what I do. A lot of that comes from really watching him and his craft and saying, you know, you can really do anything you put your mind to. So to me, it was really paying respect to someone who had a profound influence on me um, and my life. And so, and again, I wanted to be with other fans who, who were feeling very similar and thinking sort of the same things and wanting to honor this, this American, this black man who really did change the world. So that was a big part of it. What about you? Um, you know, I think that Michael is one of the few artists who touch people in a way um, that's really inexplicable. I mean, you know, just being out there with the fans and seeing um, the love and the the camaraderie and just the, the the community that the the fans had. I mean, that was a big part of me going just to see, you know, just to be around other people. I mean, Michael, you know, kind of oozed with 
love and light and magic. You know, that was his word, magic. Um, and so just to feel that and to honor him in that way, he would have been, I know he was there with us and, you know, he would have been proud that people from all over the world were coming together and just, you know, putting all the bullshit aside and, mm -hmm. and just being, just being human and, and loving. I'm going to pivot over to Randall because um, you went out there with an explicit purpose on top of just being in the city. And so just talk about your motivation getting there and, and celebrating um, the 10 years since Michael transcended. Yeah. So, um, uh, well, number one, I um, coincidentally started visiting Los Angeles every June, um, starting in like 2011, I want to say. So, um, but never on the anniversary of his passing. So uh, fast forward to 2016 and a friend of mine um, shared with me uh, a seminar that one of his um, former engineers uh, puts on every year, uh, goes throughout the world and, and tells these stories. Uh, Brad Sundberg, so uh, seminar is in the studio with MJ, so I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it. Um, and so this year was, uh, was fodder for me going just because again it was the 10th year and uh, i assumed that there would be i guess a blowout of sorts in terms of guests that brad was going to have um for the 10th so um i think also going through that seminar um my my fandom was very solitary when i first became a fan i became a fan in 2001 um watching the mtv video music awards uh, when he came out from the etch sketch uh, with the NSYNC performance, so. Oh, um, the pop performance. From being a kid and, and watching that and uh, getting off the floor because I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen Michael uh, on TV, um, not, not any strong memories. So that was like my first one. And so after that, that was also when the special edition came out when Invincible was out. So, um, the, the the switch flip like that. So um, I went out to LA specifically for the seminar, but also to uh, continue to meet more uh, MJ fans. Um, because through the seminar, I got to meet uh, people from all over the world, from Australia, from Sweden, um, from Germany, uh, and also, you know, people from North Carolina. So um, it's it's a... I'd say it was a it was a a fulfilling trip for sure. Um, I was uh, actually at Forest Lawn on the day of, so um, wasn't planning on going, but just decided to to go in the end, and I'm glad I did go. Um, it was, you know, I think as time passes, I'm not as sad anymore. I mean, it definitely hit me the day that it happened, but. Um, just the way Michael or that I have Michael in my life all the time, um, listening to the music every day, you know, new books that come out, um, watching new documentaries, you know, I, he's, he's present, um, as, as much as he can be. Randall said he was, he went to in the studio, who else on the call actually has been to that workshop with Brad? Has anyone else? I, been? Have, I have in New York twice. Yeah, I've been um, twice, once in New York and in D.C. 
Okay, that's super dope. So Ash, we are the only me, you, and one point five are the only three. <laughs> so we're <laughs> who haven't been. That's super cool though. And and Destiny, you said you've been twice, right? Yes. Who said they've been twice? And Alicia, you've been once? No, I've been twice as well. You've been twice as well? Yeah, that's yeah. that's really cool that you guys have got to experience that and kind of soak up somebody who has firsthand knowledge, you know, personal knowledge, you know, is what we call mm-hmm. it. You, you know, of Michael and his work ethic and just him as a human being. So that's super dope. And I think it made it more special, Randall, that you got to go during that time. Absolutely. And I was going to say, um, we'll touch on Forrest Lawn a bit more. I'm glad that you brought that up. And we'll talk about that after um, after this section. But um, I think it's really interesting that you point that out, that y'all have been to those um, to those seminars and we haven't. And I think there is a connection on both sides of those to a lot of different buckets of MJ fans where y'all were tuned in. I think we were tuned out. Um, in a like thinking about Randall saying he's been going since 2011. I know after Michael died, in a way, I kind of went numb and turned off being a part of that ecosystem of Michael fans that stay in communication and stay on top of upcoming events and things like that. And a lot of ways I turned that off after he died. I was like, I can't, I don't, I can't tune into the fan part because it hit me so hard. I needed to grieve through it and figure out how am I applying Michael to my real life. And I'm just so glad that folks stayed tuned in when people like me tuned out for a minute just to, get ourselves back together yeah no and let me appreciate let me let me not leave you out there alone because we both kind of did the same thing and kind of taking a couple of steps back after he passed away so yeah it's really cool that people stayed um super involved because it was very it was just I know for me very hard I mean the day he passed I had to turn my phone off because I got that many phone calls from people who wanted who were just calling to see like are you okay because for me it was like a like a family member you know so um it was really difficult so yeah I hate that the reason we had to get super crazy tuned back in was because of some weird stuff Mm. but either way I'm glad we did but we both were kind of in that same camp because I remember when we even we stopped talking as much as we did but we obviously lived pretty close to each other we had overlaps and friends and people and blah 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 but when we got you know when we got a plan rolling it was for real and I'm kind of glad we did but that's just a little aside. Let's keep it rolling and go to Alicia. Um, what were your motivations for, for coming out to LA um, and uh, your reasonings for wanting to be in that city for Michael's 10th anniversary of his passing? Um, yeah. So when Michael passed, um, I've, I've been to LA a number of, um, in the last 10 years and I've never been there on on the day of June 25th, um, but when all the nonsense um, with the the fake documentary came out, I knew I had to be there for him um, to let him know I was there and to let the world know um, that Michael is still loved. Um, and I just wanted to show show the world that we didn't believe it and that we were still standing by him. So that was that was my biggest motivation. Um, and, and I did miss going and doing my Michael Link things out in LA. So that was just kind of a bonus, but um, that was the biggest reason just to kind of throw a middle finger to everybody else. <laughs> Can y'all hear me? 
Yeah, that's sure, just, sure can. That's super fair. And uh, that good, you know, F you to everybody is always, <laughs> always I'm appreciated. Petty. I mean, hey, know, we're petty too. Yeah, it's necessary sometimes. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, I really missed doing the whole LA thing and, um, you know, just fangirling out and being with a bunch of people. And like I said, I'd never been to LA on June 25th before. So seeing so many fans, like not in New York, that was, that was awesome. And it was just very healing. Destiny, tell us about, um, your motivation going out. Oh, okay. And I'm, I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> so, um, I went basically because I had, I'd never been out there before. Um, it's something that I've actually been putting off of going out there because I get very emotional, like at cemeteries or, you know, funerals or anything like that. So I don't even go to like fam's grave sites. Like that's how deep it is. So for me to even go out there was just, you know, very important to me. And I basically went because I wanted to show, you know, my love for Michael and just kind of be like, you know, near him in his presence, even though I know, you know, where he's resting, that's just his shell. But, you know, I, you know, figured that his spirit would still be felt around there. So um, I basically went for, you know, the 10 year to pay my tribute and honor to him. And, you know, the dumb mockumentary was like extra motivation for me to go out there because, you know, I wanted us to show up in, you know, huge numbers to say, you know, how much we love this man and, you know, how much he meant to us. Yeah, I feel that so much. So um, I think everybody's reasons, I think the folks that are listening are going to be able to relate to a lot of that. Um, piggybacking off of what destiny was saying i i the first time i went to la i literally dropped off my shit and took a lift straight to michael i went straight to forest lawn i didn't want to pass go collect 200 dollars. like let me start <laughs> right here and um the first time i went i went with my best friend and she she kind of held me together. I like I was I was mostly in awe that time. Um, I was really in awe of the fact that this is the space where he is, and um, like we can go there. And it's not perfect, you know. It's not Neverland. It's not a place that is solely for him. But it is a great space, and the, the folks at Forest Lawn are very kind in giving the fans the space to come there and pay their respects to Michael. Um, but the second time I went, which I, which was on the same trip, I went by myself and I just sat there and cried. And so for y'all that went for the first time, um, I, I kind of want to hear how it hit you when you come around that corner, you go, mm. first of all, l- let me give some disclaimers for anyone who wants to go to Forest Lawn and y'all can add, to this list when you go to forest lawn do not get dropped off at the office <laughs> if you are driving or if you're in a lift tell them to take you to michael yes. okay <laughs> he, he is on the lift map tell them to take you there because you do not want to walk up that hill or down it um but yeah i'll start with you alicia just talk about that first time you come around that corner and you realize oh this is it. This is where he is. Oh my God. The first time I went, um, I think I went with my mom and a family friend. And like you said, I was 
was in awe of the grounds, everything. Um, it didn't feel like a place of uh, darkness or grief. It was bright. Um, there were elements of Michael that I, I could see already there before I even got to Holly Terrace, um, like little statues of kids, um, the Builder's Creed. And I was like, okay, he, he's, in a, he's in a good place. And, um, but, you know, I never like broke down and cried at Forest Lawn. I've always just felt a sense of peace. I felt his spirit in some way. Um, and I would, I love to just go there and like literally just sit on the bench and just be in silence. And I was perfectly at peace. When we actually left the hotel, we got downstairs, the front, the lady at the front desk said, is it today? Cause we had on Michael Jackson t-shirts and, uh, we said, yes, today. And she had this, you know, her face was just sad, you know, sadness. Um, and you can tell she was remembering you know, and as I'm sure a local, she was thinking of how that day kind of hit that community with Michael Jackson passing away. So yeah, we were all geared up, ready to see Mike, um, or ready to see the fans and, and experience Mike in spirit. And um, we got there and it was just already a gush of people. We were, at that point, for as many people that were already there, we were quote unquote late. Um, and we were just I was just amazed at the fans, what the fans had, the gifts, the tributes people had brought, whether it was a rose that you bought for Michael or you brought a card or you brought something to a picture of him or whatever. It was just amazing. And we've been by Graceland in Tennessee. And so we had kind of like a, a frame of reference for a, a very famous figure and while Graceland is very different, it had some kind of vibes of that feel of people really connecting with someone so much that even though they're gone, you still feel almost compelled to do something to show your, mm. um, your emotion, your appreciation for that person, your love for that person. So I was just at, in awe. And I saw so many, we, there were so many impersonators, people dressed like Michael and Everyone had on a Michael Jackson t-shirt. I don't think anybody didn't have on something that said Michael Jackson, whether it was your sunglasses or your t-shirt, you had on a hat, you had on, you know, some, some red and black or whatever it was. So to me off gate, that was just, uh, that just stood out. Um, beyond that, we, we, um, there was a line to just get to the terrace where Michael, you know, where he was inside the, the mausoleum. And um, I think we ended up skipping the line, but blame Alicia. She let us skip the line with her. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and you know, I mean, if nobody going to say nothing, I'm probably going to skip the line. So, because the line wasn't moving. We tried to get in the line, but it wasn't going anywhere. So I was like, uh, well, my sister was like, Alicia's up there. I said, well, okay, hold on a second. Let me go see what's going on. So don't blame me. Don't and no one said nothing either. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, but I mean, <laughs> we went up there and, and, um, we did get accosted. I, I got accosted at one point by some 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 media person, and I just told him I didn't wasn't interested in talking to him because I didn't feel they treated Michael fairly. And while this was a news story for them, it was very personal for us, and I didn't want to talk to him. And so I didn't. Um, but somehow my sister still ended up on that broadcast. Um, Unauthorized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, you know. Mm -hmm. And everybody's everybody. And I, actually, I know you asked how we got that picture. 
from the top that was just by accident because the guy who I guess was in charge I don't remember his name so happened to come up while we all me my sister and Alicia were on the terrace and so that's how that picture happened and so it just so happened that we were there and I was like oh I got to take this picture because um it's important for the world to see not just you know what I mean? it's important for people to see people still love Michael Jackson, appreciate Michael Jackson, believe in Michael Jackson, believe in the truth of Michael Jackson, and we are all here to support that. Um, and beyond that, I got a chance to give a good hug and console an older MJ fan who drove all the way from New Jersey. Her name was Miss Georgia. Yeah. And she was crying by herself. And I'm just not that person. I ain't gonna watch nobody cry by themselves and not hug them. And I said, can I give you a hug? And she just cried on my shoulder for know, a good five minutes. Um, but I just wanted to let her know that like, we're all fans. And to me, in that moment, that moment was impactful because you realize how much Michael has brought together generations. This lady was much older than me. She was a white lady. And you're like, how has this little old white lady been impacted like this? She's sobbing. Yes. She's weeping. I you know. Yeah. And, and over Michael Jackson, and you go, wow, what he gave the world was that you know that i mean there is no word for what he gave the world but it it creates that emotion in people mm -hmm. and um so i was glad we were there um i was glad to see other fans the roses were gorgeous um and befitting of a king um he deserved it and much more i think for what he has given uh given all of us so you know that's that was kind of my experience i'm not pun it to my sister real quick um so i'm not as long winded as my sister thank god <laughs> jesus christ now you people know what i have to deal with in the editing room so um you know you should hear how she goes on about oprah yeah, oh, oh don't say oprah lord and them snakes honey. what did y'all say about oprah oh god <laughs> exactly save us latoya please tell us so, you know, for me, you know, I just want to start by saying, you know, cemeteries have never been um, a, a scary place for me. I mean, we grew up, me and my sister grew up um, across from a huge cemetery um, and we would go over there and walk. And it all, there's always been for me a peaceful place because that's where, you know, people are resting, you know. So to walk into forest or to go into forest lawn, um, it was absolutely beautiful. The mausoleum looked like, I mean, it looked like a castle, and I thought how befitting for the king of pop to be laid to rest in a castle, you know? Um, and so just being there, being with the fans um, was was something that I, I, I didn't know what to expect um, because I'm not huge, huge in, in the Michael Jackson, like, fan community, especially on, like, on Twitter. Um, so I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know who to expect. Um, but the only word that I can think to describe it was family. Like, it felt like it didn't matter who you came across. Um, everybody was, you know, there for the same reason and on the same wavelength. And it felt like a family. Um, and so, you know, it was absolutely beautiful. The prayer circle, the moment of silence, um, and then everybody singing Heal the World Together. I think that was the most impactful um, part of everything because that's one of my favorite Michael Jackson songs because, you know, especially in a time like this where people are, are everybody's on their own 
doing their own thing, you know, um, believe whatever, whatever they want to believe, say whatever they want to say. Um, it was, it's one of those songs that is basically, you know, saying like, you know, we can all, if we all take a look at ourselves and love, love our neighbor, we can all be, you know, brothers and, and sisters. So, um, that for me was most impactful and it was absolutely beautiful. So, you know, Forest Lawn was absolutely gorgeous. The next time I go to LA, whenever that may be, um, I'll go back to see Michael because I felt I felt like, you know, he's right there. You know what I mean? So that's so sweet. And and I feel you. Like it is a very peaceful place. And shout out to the Jacksons, um, most specifically Katherine Jackson for giving Michael that space where we can go. It's a public park a lot of times where people can go and run. I don't know if it's officially a public park. Um but it's definitely open to the public where people go and run and jog and exercise. And, and so it makes it, it's an easy access place, thankfully, but it also, there is a reverence there. There is a, there's a sacred calm there. And um, I'm going to kick it to Randall because I know you were up there when Kay took the picture, just talk about like looking down on that sea of people. Like what was, what was that experience like being there? Um, I, so my first time was in 2017 and, and uh, I had my, I guess I had my uh, first time colored by uh, a, a native of Los Angeles um, who went with me and, and said that, you know, this is what you should expect. You know, there's going to be a lot of fans. Um, there's going to be a lot of crying. There's going to be, you know, uh, <laughs> impromptu performances. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Yeah, um, so my first time a couple of years ago was, uh, I guess it was uh, revelatory in, in how much, you know, as, as everybody has said, like how much love he's, he's garnered from all corners of the world. Um, this year, uh, when I went, um, I did, I was able to go up to the door at Holly Terrace um, and see the people. It was different when you were in it, in the crowd uh as opposed to when you went through the line and then got up and got to see the crowd and see uh the faces that comprise the crowd um i wasn't even expecting i don't know what i was expecting i got there around one o'clock didn't even know that there was going to be a moment of silence didn't know it was like you know uh uh a procession <laughs> of sorts had no idea so um you know stumbled upon the the celebration of life I guess I would say so um it was I've never been that close to Michael not even in life um I think the closest that I could say that I was to to him was when he went to Augusta for James Brown's mm -hmm. funeral in 2000 Atlanta at the time in college so um he was a couple hours away so uh to be that close um I think that's a lot of people's, you know, the closest that they'll ever get to him. So, uh, you know, obviously an emotional uh, experience for people. Um, number one, that haven't been to LA at all, um, you know, you know, much less that. And then to be there on the anniversary of, and then it had to be 10 year, you know, people were bawling. So um, it was that part I, I expected, but it was still, cool to see you know how many uh different walks of life 
he affected. There's a Jewish rap, Jewish rabbi there. You know, there's people from Japan there, um, people from Colombia, like just everywhere. Like he had something in his in his work, in his craft, in his uh, being that resonated all across the globe. Um, and that was a place where you could see that. Yeah, I know when I, I went there after all of y'all, um, and when I got there, there were two young women who came from Australia, and they talked about all the flights they took to get there on time. Listen, the global effect is real, and you're right. There were people there from all walks of life, so for Destiny in that moment where everybody's grieving at the same time, does that make it easier for you or nah? Because for me, I couldn't be out there at that point. And I was in the air and I was really thankful about that, that I was in the sky and could meditate and like just be in a, in a, in a place of transcending the negative vibe and just kind of, you know, get in a zone of, of positivity and, you know, how we've gotten past this point. And I was also reading Jermaine's book, which Latoya and I can tell you much about because we both read it. Yep, no, no. But (laughs) we'll tell you about Jermaine later. Mm. Oh, we'll we'll tell you. Just hold, just hold. But but to to go back to that moment for, for Destiny, like, does it help you to be around other people that are in the exact same space? Or do did you have to, like, pull away from that? Yeah, so, like, I actually had two different experiences when I was there. Um, you know, I loved seeing, you know, all of the fans and everybody showing love. And, you know, you know that was, you know, very heartwarming and everything. And um, I would have liked to join the prayer circle. But actually, at that moment, I was kind of having a little personal mini breakdown. And I, I just couldn't join it. Because I knew that if I got in that circle, I was going to break down and, like, cry so I kind of like sat on the sidewalk near another fan you know and I just you know bowed my head and prayed at the same time with everybody else you know even when um I was standing in the line to go up to the the Holly Terrace I was with a friend and we were both trying not to cry you know and I had my sunshades on and you know I held it down pretty well because it was so much going on, you know, with, you know, fans and talking to people from Twitter, you know, that, you know, I've known for years and things like that. Um, I didn't really have a chance to kind of like get in tune and kind of like in my emotions and things like that, besides that point where it became quiet during the prayer circle. Um, But I actually went back to Forest Lawn on Saturday before I left, which I had planned to do, that almost didn't happen because I got sick at my hotel and then I scheduled a late checkout. But something in me like just said, you know, you need to go, you need to go, because I felt like if I left California without visiting Forest Lawn again, like I would have been disturbed, like I wouldn't have felt right. So um, the second time when I went back, um, it was you know a different experience. Um, soon as I came in, I went to a museum that's there, I think, when before you go up the hill, you know, and I just looked around and read everything and stuff like that, and um, going back to, like, what Alicia said, you know, I saw, you know, the statues of the kids and the, the creed, and I also thought, you know, this is a good place for Michael because it's so peaceful and it's beautiful. Um, when I walked up that hill, that's when I started to break down and cry. Um, I didn't see, like, there wasn't a lot of, like, people that day. Um, there were, like, both fans and 
like non-fans for about maybe 15 minutes, but I sat there for about 45 minutes on the steps at Holly Terrace and, you know, I just talked to Michael, prayed and cried a whole lot. Um, one of the things that um, I found about like the, the non-fans when they came, you know, they were just like, wow, it's been 10 years already, you know, and they spoke nice things as well, you know, so even just hearing like the non-fans come and visit him and say stuff, you know, that was very heartwarming to see and, you know, just, I don't know. I'm sorry, guys, because I'm getting emotional, but, you know, um, it was, it was experience. A, honestly, it's a really good place to cry. Like, okay, like, that emotion is a really good place to cry. Like, for people who don't like crying, if you're gonna weep about something, go weep for Michael and just get it out. Just get it out. Just do it. Forest Lawn, if you build a heart to go to Forest Lawn, um, don't be ashamed to sit there and cry. And it's just a really sweet, and it's honestly a pleasant place. And I, again, I'm just so happy that that's the space where Michael is. And so I really appreciate y'all sharing how that experience hit you. Um, this is a random question. Does anybody know like what side of the building Michael is actually on? Like when you're outside it? Yeah, like when you like when you get right in front of Holly Terrace, he's literally just like straight down. Like he's like maybe 30 feet away or so, or something like that. Bet so like in front of the door. Yeah. Like if you get in the right way to like look in the window at the door, you can oh, see. Oh wow. Him. Funny story. So my sister and I went to the Hollywood um museum the the next day. And we random, we're looking at Judy Garland's, you know, Ruby Slippers from the Wizard of Oz. And these two guys were there and we were talking to them and I told them, I said, you know, we were here, we're here to see Michael Jackson for, you know, 10 year anniversary. And the guy was talking to us and he said, oh my gosh, he said, well, my mom actually worked at the school where Michael Jackson and the Jacksons went to school, the private school they went to in LA. And he said, she's buried in the same mausoleum as Michael Jackson. And so, of course, now we're like, okay. Um, <laughs> and so he said that when he goes in to see his mom, that, you know, he actually walks past Michael Jackson. So to answer your question, I don't know where he is, but I'm assuming it's towards the front. Um, but he said that if you stand there for more than about five seconds in front of Michael, the cameras will come on and then security will come and escort you out. So you have to keep it moving. <laughs> literally unless you're on the list <laughs> when you go in to see him but you know he was also telling us how you know his mom um time out because he gave us some tea but she's not gonna spill it oh, on, the, on this episode okay. why can't you because we gotta save some tea for another okay. episode so see to all my to all my new fans out there that means <laughs> episode <laughs> That means I'll be on another episode. You're well, welcome. There was some, <laughs> <laughs> some personal knowledge tea. I ain't gonna lie. But yeah, that was kind of cool. Like even in death, Michael's like, nah, don't get too close. Right. No, and y'all should know that. So I went again, I went at the end. So I got there probably about six, six thirty-ish, somewhere in between there, right before the sunset. And the security guard was out there, and there was two people who were obviously on staff. And it's so funny you say that, Latoya, that when y'all got there, they were shook that it was that day, um, because I don't think they were prepared 
at all. Uh, and they had to make some arrangements. But luckily, Michael fans, y'all are so well behaved that <laughs> you know you don't Twitter except on Twitter. Except on the internet. Y'all get pretty <laughs> ratchet, but you know, y'all are so well behaved that they don't really have to stress like that. But for the fans who, you know, may think you want to try it on that property, don't because the security does stay in motion. Um, and there are cameras outside the building. And that's um <laughs> I'm glad they got they got eyes on the boy. Okay. That is important. So um the next you know experience we want to call from is just talking about Michael's legacy this year and how we feel like that movie may have impacted it. Um I know the the public doesn't know where to land on it as a whole. I think his 11th and 12th and 13th anniversary of his passing, I think we will see a different response. I think we'll see a much bigger response for the 20th, maybe even the 15th for sure for Michael, because I think people will understand that, you know, this machine that has been trying to take him down over the last year um, has been really aggressive, but I think it'll die down to a point where folks have had enough time to kind of gather their senses, almost in a way that, you know, you reflect back on the 2016 election cycle and how outside of the chaos, we can all look back as Americans and say, oh, yeah, them Facebook ads were kind of sus. They probably were from Russia. Yeah, <laughs> I might have accidentally clicked some weird links. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I hear you. Um, and so I think that that effect will likely happen for Michael's legacy as the years go by. But I think this year, kind of speaking to what Alicia was saying initially, like it was really important that for all of us that we went this yeah. year, um, just in a, in an act of yeah. defiance almost, <laughs> you know, like I got to be in the motherfucking place to be like, y'all. So, <laughs> I, I just kind of want to, I'm going to pivot to Alicia on that. Just talking about like, how, where do you think his legacy stands right now in this post movie, post-fictional movie world um, and, and looking towards the future? Yeah, it's hard to say for me. Like, I think even with uh, the reporting that's going on, even when it's not, like, all the way negative towards Michael and people, like, bring up fond memories of Michael, you know, Ellen is still, like, a footnote. Like, it's like they feel compelled to always mention it. Um but I don't think that's going to last, like you said, like in the next two, three years, maybe. Um, hopefully, these con artists will be fully exposed for who they are. Um, but in the, sh in the long run, Michael's legacy is still going to continue. And every day he gets new fans and like little babies are, are, are falling in love with him every day. You know, you see videos of three and four year olds, like just glued to the screen watching him um so he still lives on that's that's how i feel the people that you see on social media twitter and stuff like that saying all of these crazy things those people have always thought bad about him you know it's just that as opposed to years ago um now with social media they have a voice to like yeah. spew their hate so it feels much bigger than what it probably really is because in real life when I you know dumbly brought up the 
mockumentary people, they had no idea about it, you know? And then they would wave it off and say, oh, they need to leave Michael alone, you know, which is true. So, you know, sometimes perception of things with social media can be kind of thrown off. It's yeah. just, you know, you just heard though of them taking him through this. Um, there were even like a few news reports that came out, you know, over the few days um, on Twitter, you know, where people were, you know, starting to question the accusers and things like that. So I think the tide is turning and it's just like this whole thing with Taylor Swift's publishing. Somehow they found a way to bring Michael into it, you know, and it's like, you know, they just try to interject him in every little thing, you know, and just bring negativity on him and it's unnecessary. And I'm hoping that the public will wake up and see like, why are you all going after this man like this? You know? So I'm hoping that things will shift and I think they will. I mean, I know they will, you know, like um, when I went to uh, Brad's seminar um, in DC, you know, he said, this is just a blip and we'll get through it. Yeah. Brad kind of addressed it in his, um, kind of, I guess, alluded to it um, in the way of, of the phrase push, like help, help me push back. Like let's celebrate this man's legacy and let's not uh, give the discussion about the documentary any air. Um, uh, to Destiny's point, right? Our fandom for better or for worse is our own echo chamber. Um, you know, we uh, talk about it and discuss it uh, and, and comb through the details um, of it but if you were to only time that i ever had to bring it up or it was brought up in a public conversation with a non-fan was i think the week before the documentary because i'd worn my uh michael jackson sweatshirt to work and somebody had said oh you know um that's a uh that's a choice um that's a hell of a choice that you're you're making to wear that and you know i heard something about some documentary and i was like okay and so I had to go through, you know, like, number one, um, um, people, if they do understand it, then um, I guess it serves as a mirror to them, which is something that I've also heard of Michael Jackson and what Destiny said about, you know, people that are not. Michael Jackson is a mirror, right? Like, you're going to believe what you want to believe. Um, but, you know, just letting him know that I don't think that we would be fans of somebody who committed these things. Number one. So, uh, and just all I said was just look it up. Just do your research. That's all I asked. Um, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and, and give you like the 10 point summary. But, um, you know, outside of that, I haven't had a discussion about it. I bring up Michael Jackson all the time and people don't bat an eye. His legacy is one of uh, there's always going to be controversy in it um, uh, for better or for worse. Right. But. I think his contribution to pop culture and society uh, outweighs that. I left Randall, LaToya, and Kay at El Compadre. El Compadre with the Fleming Margarita. Shout outs to the Fleming Margaritas is fire. Yes. Yeah. Were we on Sunset? Yes, we were. Sunset Drive. I love that ceviche. We opened up the pod talking about that. You um, opened up the pod talking about that, and you are now talking about it. I'm talking about it again because it's That's still because in- it was delicious. Yes, exactly. I'm with you, Yusa, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly, and we had really good MJ discussion there. Um, and I know after I did because I went to go link up with a friend. Y'all went to Gardner, right? The elementary school where Michael has the theater down the street. 
Did y'all walk? Yeah, it was a four minute walk. Oh, if that, I feel like we skipped right on over there. But I, I, say, I don't think I did that have long. that cookie though, so I don't know how. Okay, long well, yeah, I did. I did not have the cookie. It was not that long. It was about two minutes or so, two or three minutes. So, so to put it in perspective, I was high ninety nine percent of the time I was there. Um, but that is also just a fact of life. When in Rome, do you know? No, no, or no, when no. not? No, no, that's not it. so i listen i am a professional um and i enjoyed myself i had a good time little k she got a little slapped on the way to el compadre i am an attorney and i did not she you were in a very legal space okay i can talk about it then i had yeah we were in california yeah you can have as much as you want to and they can't do shit but you I only had I only had that one little cookie. You had that one very small cookie. I honestly got I was sad for a moment because I was like, mm, I don't know if this is gonna hit her. But it well, did because you're a sober baby. I'm a sober baby. I had I, you know, I took a picture of that cookie. It was so tiny. It was a small baby cookie. But let me tell you what, that on top of two flaming margaritas, I was like, you know that scene in Crooklyn when they get high? Off the glue. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I cannot compare it to Snuffy on fucking Crooklyn. You got some money for me and my man, Snuff. Them niggas was thieves. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny though. It probably did feel like that for you. But we had some really cool Michael moments. Uh what did y'all do for Michael or you know, with the fan community out there that was fun? So earlier the day before, I did go to the Star in Hollywood. So um, right in front of the Chinese Theater, the TCL Chinese Theater. So um, there were <laughs> there were people dressed up dancing. Um, there were also uh, like flowers and photos and notes like on top of the Star. Um, so what was interesting too was they were getting ready for the Spider Man premiere at the same time so um that street was blocked off um but that was good to see uh people from the seminar um from the previous weekend there again and uh because i heard that that was gonna be happening that night so i mean um so that was i think that was a good compliment to um learning about you know michael's craft and the work that he put in and the process of him creating the music in the studio with brad sunberg so um to see people celebrating said work i thought that was uh i think that was a good bookend to my trip and destiny met some jacksons <laughs> yeah um yeah so on trip i had quite a few um good moments i'll try to like keep them all short um God. The first one, of course, was um, I didn't make it to the hotel from where the fans marched from, but it was the rally out of in front of uh, Madame Tussauds. Forgive me if I'm saying that wrong. You know, the wax museum. So I, I just thought, you know, everybody there, you know, shouted innocent, you know, Michael's innocent and with the signs and everything. I just thought it was, you know, good that the public see how much we love him and how much we believe in his innocence and things like that. Um Another moment was uh, me and Alicia, we went to, and you guys would, well, Kay was there too. We went to Motown Monday yeah. and it was to be, uh, they were supposed to play Michael after 
what, 12, right? But they started way yeah. before. <laughs> and that was probably like the latest MJ dance party I went to in a long time. And I never leave dance floor to MJ dance party, but that was like a cul-de-sac. Like I had to leave, like it was crazy, but it was nice just seeing everybody like sing and dance to Michael songs and, you know, celebrate and everything like that. And, you know, of course, you know, I think he, the, the, the DJ closed out with man in the mirror, right? Alicia. Yeah. And, you know, then I, I got really sad, but, um, up till that point, it was like, great. Um, and another memory is um, on the 25th, um, after the rally, everybody, were, um, there were like two dance parties going on, like in the area of MJ Star, one one around his star and one a little bit down. And I didn't leave that area till like 1 a.m., but like when me and my friend left, we were like, we wonder how long they're going to stay out there. Because, I mean, they were partying and singing and, you know, even just random people were like jumping in and singing a Michael song. So, you know, that was really great you know, just to see and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so many good memories. And one funny memory is uh, I met uh, this guy who was a MJ tribute artist or personator. And, you know, I, I support the MJ tribute artists. And I told him, you know, thank you for, you know, keeping Michael Spirit, you know, legacy alive and, you know, and letting the public see you do your thing in honor of Michael. And he thanked me because he was saying that it's rough out there for him because, you know, you know, people tease him and they say stuff. And so he goes, but he he says, well, they don't know me. He's like, cause then I use my real voice and he's like, I'll kick their ass. And then like, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Like I was walking up the street and this guy told his friend, he was like, be careful, Michael about to kick your ass. So, you know, <laughs> things like that. But I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so um, I think his name was Leo. Uh, something like that, uh, the impersonated the tribute artist name, but he was hilarious. I loved him. <laughs> Yo, if that tribute artist is listening, or if y'all know him, tag him. So we- or M- oh, no, his name MJ of LA. I don't know if it's Leo, but I definitely remember his Instagram. He said it's MJ of LA. Oh, cool, cool, We cool. need him on the podcast. <laughs> oh, man, oh, talking yeah. about... He kept it real. I like him. You said beat it all right. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, we're talking about experiences that we shared with each other. Um, I think Brad's event was probably the more, um, was the most, of the event that was the most well-planned um, and had some thought put behind it and an agenda and all of that. But everything else, you know, it's going to the Star, going to the Wax Museum or going to see these, quote unquote MJ landmarks you know those are things that we do on our own and you know for the 10th anniversary I know I would have liked to have seen the estate put something together for us to do um or something for everyone to enjoy enjoy at one time so like what would y'all have liked to have seen or what would you like the estate to do moving forward um on some stuff that we can all share is this is this in relation to the anniversary or just in general about I think I I think both is okay. Um, the anniversary first is is the first question, but mm-hmm. in a broader sense as well. Wow. Um, the only thing, well, I think, you know, uh, a more concerted effort of, you know, communicating to everybody, you know, this is where this is going to happen. And this we're going to have this party at short stop. And then we're going to do that. Right. I think everything, all the plans that I had heard that weekend were hearsay. Um, 
the party at the graph lab, right? So um, something to to coordinate easier um, would have been helpful uh, as far as I'm concerned. And I think maybe on a larger scale, is should that be the responsibility of the estate to kind of corral fan events and sh- share those things with us um, or not? Nah? Because in a think about like the Spike Lee event that he hosts out in Brooklyn, like it's not official, mm-hmm. but they definitely will take those pictures and throw them up on that Twitter and that Instagram. So, maybe like, not. Yeah, maybe not we, them being responsible. For, but at least pointing to somewhere and saying, hey, like this fan group is doing, doing this, you know, go check them out because they have a whole bunch of these events planned. Mm-hmm. That would have been, that would have helped, mm-hmm. I think. I agree, Randall, with that idea of just, I think they focus more on his birthday and not because mm-hmm. it, it looks like they deleted even their post about his passing from the yep. their social media accounts, which is bizarro, but that's some Sony mess because we know Sony is in charge, which is why we kept getting go- thrown in Twitter jail because Sony <laughs> decided... Somebody at Sony got it out for y'all. I mean, it seems they want to focus more. I don't know what their strategy is. It seems just to cash out, really, but that's that's I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a back out. I'm gonna mute myself because that's all I'm gonna say. That's, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Estate, y'all could do a little bit better. Um, I just feel like mm, other fan communities, they get a sense of camaraderie in connection with the estate that we don't. But anyway, um, <laughs> talking about our friends at the shortstop. <laughs> uh, we love y'all. You know, we want to party with y'all too. And Randall, I know we had a, uh, oh, part of our deep discussion at El Compad Sunset talking about how we can view Michael's legacy, the growth of his music and him as an artist through a Black lens. And so what do you think are some of those important pieces that we maintain or uplift um, as far as Michael being a Black global icon? Um, so when you look at the history of Black Americans um, in the United States, and you see that literally the biggest superstar in the world is this Black man, I think is one of the most uh, profound things we have in history, um, that literally across the globe, everyone knows who he is. He's like one of the only celebrities that can unite people from all areas. Like you said, the the woman that you helped console at Forest Lawn, this, you know, this little elderly white lady, I mean, for you guys to come together in that moment was extremely powerful and beautiful. And I remember seeing that. Um, so I think it's important to, yes, to, to recognize that he, he was a proud Black man, like he always said, and how they always try to deny that. Um, and, you know, the, that, BDC movie that we're gonna make with the the, the story about Elizabeth Taylor and Michael. No, and the nine eleven shit. Yeah, like and uh, casting Joseph Fiennes with this ridiculous nose. I'm like, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I will scream it loud and proud that Michael was a, a proud black man and a, a proud black global icon. Isn't it crazy how his blackness is erased as yeah. soon as he starts making very strong statements about 
race relations, racism, and systemic issues in societies. Like there's an article out there that was written around the time that they don't really care about us video came out and it was like uh, Michael Jackson and comma of all people making this statement. And it's like, are you for real? And you feel, they feel comfortable letting it go because Michael was, you know, unique and different. And because he had this skin disorder that some people just didn't believe he had. And they feel very comfortable being super racist about him and, you know, what he was trying to say. And that is in some ways the American way. I don't like when people kind of pile on America about Michael because we ain't the ones who made the documentary. Right. (laughs) That shit is not a documentary. Right. Right. We ain't the ones who made the film. That was from Dan reading them and that was across the pond. You know, that was a four hour interview. <laughs> exactly. Right. And it's like, and we're not the ones who banned him from the radio. Right. <laughs> and we're not the ones who, you know what I mean? So when you talk about when people kind of pile in on America, I'm like, yeah, we got some issues with Michael, but there are other places around the world who have shown more extreme measures in response to unsubstantiated claims about a dead guy. Right. You know, when I first came along as a fan, um, being on LimeWire back in the oh, early 2000s. Like, <laughs> Y'all stealing music. Yeah, that, Hell yeah, that's the first place I got no, a copy no, of Escape. Was, Y'all was, stealing music far, and downloading was far, at the same time. I was, I was far from Jesus' light at the time, but you know, I'm more <laughs> enlightened <laughs> human. Um, you know, like discovering blood on the dance floor and like, what is this? You know, like just, I think that also the specter of being I think about this all the time um, and future fans, those three and four year olds that are dancing the thriller, like in their living room and having their parents recording it, mm-hmm. um, them having the totality of Michael uh, um, at their disposal in a way that people grew, growing up with him did not have. So there's a lot of um, connotations that they won't uh, have because they won't have the relationship that maybe our parents had or that we had with Michael Jackson growing up and seeing this black figure, um, this titan of industry, um, appear to be eschewing his race as his yeah. skin got lighter. Um, and, and negotiating what that means uh, in relation to his music. Like, does that mean that the music is also, you know, getting, uh, for lack of a better term, more Eurocentric, more white, because he's trying to climb this ladder? Or is it something else? So um, him growing up in the specter of racism in America as we know it, we know that we also know that racism is not just bound to America, right? But there's a relationship that Michael did have with America that was historically very um, adversarial in relation to the rest of the world. Problematic. It was problematic. And, you know, while I was in the sky reading Jermaine's book, first of all, Jermaine is just... Speak on it. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Listen. No, no, I'm, 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 Jermaine is just black as hell. Like, that's the only way I can put it. <laughs> so Nate, just so you know, your your buddy just walked out the door, so she ain't even... She just, she, I, she just grabbed her bag. She said, tell my fans, I'll be back. That's what she said. So just so when you go off about Jermaine, just know you don't have an amen corner. 
to where they got together talking, quoting Jermaine, talking about Jermaine said. Every Hashtag <laughs> Jermaine said was the every, whole fucking weekend. Every oh, phrase no. started with Jermaine said. And so that's how they that's how they decided to live their life. And then Ashley talking about teach the animals at the zoo the phrase Jermaine said. Hashtag Jermaine said. Listen, he, <laughs> Jermaine Blonde gave me so much in that book. So let me put it in perspective. So again, I flew on the 25th and I was out like the morning of the, the 27th. And so I'm packing my duffel bag and knowing I'm going to be on the plane for most of two days, look at my bookshelf. What am I taking with me? Latoya's book is too big. Moonwalker is too big. But I had to paperback Jermaine. So Jermaine went on the trip because Jermaine could get folded up. Um, so uh, Jermaine's book, You Are Not Alone, uh, is so sweet because it's from the perspective of an older brother. And Jermaine skips over a lot of stuff like the word to the bad T is not in there at all and listen Jermaine I want it I don't care how you were feeling in 2011 you need to come back one because there are many typos in the book this is how you can this is how Jermaine works Jermaine Jermaine admits he has a ghostwriter which means he probably sat down and talked for a couple hours and unloaded the first half of the book was great it's like you get right past the half <laughs> and the sentences is all fucked up and i'm like oh so you edited the beginning. somebody got tired yeah or thought oh you know maybe they'll give up by <laughs> you're not even gonna make it this far so i'm not even gonna do that i don't know and i don't know if jermaine i don't know if you read the final copy before it got to print but you need some edits if you need me hit me up <laughs> I'll be down to help because I all of us highlighted them just so I can be like this nope that that is a fragmented sentence uh that <laughs> so it was um but but it was a really good book because it was from his perspective as an older brother very cute and um I just I really appreciated him talking about the later years of Michael's life where their brotherhood was I feel like between Jermaine and Randy, those two brothers made a commitment amongst themselves that they were going to do what they could to try and save Michael. And maybe their decision-making wasn't the best at all times, but I think they thought their business acumen could save him in certain areas of his life. And so understanding what his perspective was and how he would pitch things to Michael and what things Michael received and what things Michael swerved on his ass on, I thought was hilarious because you get to see the sibling, the connection and the the humanity of how Michael dealt with his family. And, you know, he trusted his brother to help navigate him out of a lot of shit in America. Um, He trusted both of his brothers, uh, Jermaine and Randy, and they were both operating on completely different wavelengths, those two brothers. They were both, you know, firing on all cylinders on trying to fix whatever they thought was the priority, whether they were trying to get him, one's trying to get him a record deal over here and the other one's trying to make sure Neverland doesn't get foreclosed on, you know, and they would communicate very intermittently, not not consistently at all. But one thing that was... uh, consistent between 
the relationship between him and his brothers that were assisting him was that they understood America was a threat to Michael on his emotional well-being, physically and financially. And everything that they did to save him um, was to get him out of America or to keep him moving across America to where he wasn't just sitting in one place long enough to be a prey from whoever or whatever. Um, and I just thought uh, that was a, a thoughtful perspective to have from, you know, internally within their family, like how they really thought, oh, we're going to shuffle him off, off to Bahrain and, you know, he's going to sit there for a minute and we're going to build a, we're going to build a, a, a they wanted to build a resort, like a Jackson's family resort. <laughs> and Michael wanted a building, allegedly wanted to build, <laughs> wanted to build a building out of crystal. And I think like at noon and midnight, like a song would play simultaneously. It sounded like it was some legit Michael shit. It didn't sound like he made it up. <laughs> um, it didn't sound like he exaggerated. It sounded like, yeah, that's, that is something he would say. I would like a building made of crystal. That is great. <laughs> okay. Um, and that may not be 100% accurate. It was something along those lines. Um, and so, so yeah, I think America has continued to pose a threat, not just to Michael, but maybe to the Jacksons overall. Uh, I have a story. Well, not really a story about that, but it kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> when I was at the Hollywood Star that night, um, me and my friend had gotten in a conversation um, with this um, lady, you know, just about everything. And she was ranting about Trump and some other stuff. So I had hopped in to check my Twitter and somebody had replied to like something, I, like probably a picture or something that I had posted from Forrest Lawn. And the guy was just like, Michael was this great guy and you Americans uh, elected Trump and treated Michael horribly and stuff. And I was like, but I didn't do it. You know, I, you know, tweeted, you know, something, you know, about Forrest Lawn and stuff. So that kind of like caught me off guard, but that was like one of my experiences. I meant to tell you guys about when I met I when I met Brandy in autumn oh um, please tell yeah, us yeah I'm sorry I yeah I, I had trailed off and have forgotten about it but um yeah this was at at the rally and I was standing like kind of towards the back and you know she just came up kind of behind me it was it was her autumn you know and you know nobody was really running over to him or anything and I went over and I you know just told her hi you know and told her how much Michael meant to me and everything like that and she thanked me she's very sweet I don't say one thing I say about all the Jacksons they're very sweet um she asked me what my name was and she said thank you you know and gave me a hug um I didn't want to ask for a picture because I always feel bad about asking celebrity well not because they're not celebrities but I always feel bad about asking like I guess no bigger people for like pictures even though I mean she wasn't that prior to all this but it's like we all know who she <laughs> is now you know what I mean right so, we know who Brandy is right and um I saw Autumn and I was gonna say hi to her but I was like no let me back off and let them do their thing and then when they walked around a second time I talked to her for a little while too but you know they were just walking around you know at the rally and you know talking to fans and everything like that which I thought was very you know important and it says a lot you know they came out to support the fans that you know had the rally supporting Michael so I thought that was amazing that's such a great experience and I think it puts into perspective that it was their uncle yeah okay like you know I was just like you know thank you I know that's your uncle and everything but you know from the fans just you know just thank you for everything that you're doing 
let me add, they were out there pretty long after the rally was over because it had gotten dark and uh, me and a friend were like going back and forth between stores and they were out there for a minute. Like once everybody like even, you know, kind of dissipated, they were still there, like walking around and talking to people. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. We love them. Thanks y'all for, for coming. And I know Taj was at, um, he stopped by the, the seminars, right, Randall? Yeah, he was there for two out of the three days that I was there. And he oh, came wow. for the, um, the, the, Chinese translation day on Sunday. Wow. So, yeah, he he popped up. He uh it sounded like well, sounded like he was, you know, just taking it in um there and and talked about how um you know the Neverland music was was um sentimental to him um cuz you know Brad talked about, you know, what it was like in Neverland cuz he did some work there. So, uh it was good to have him there. Just and nobody really bothered him or was you know running up uh people did take pictures after um but otherwise he was just part of the seminar family oh, that's awesome that is that's so sweet i'm so glad they're able to go and just absorb some positive oh, and travis Payne popped up too like what? super random wow. <laughs> what? He, yeah. he didn't give y'all no eight count no we're <laughs> talking about the um the I think we were talking about just songs in general. Uh, I think we were walking through um, like mostly invincible stuff, but I think some history. Um, and Travis like was just there. Um, it like popped in and then popped back out. But but yeah, that was random. <laughs> that reminds me, I watched This Is It before I got on the flight and Ooh, like. Girl. <laughs> Woo, Chile. You really I wanted to feel the feelings, huh? No, I did. I did. Because part of me was like, all right, like, don't play yourself. You need to cry at the house. So I was <laughs> I was trying to get, like, you know, the ugliest cry out before I had to go amongst the people. But I watched the vignettes because I, I, I bought the DVD when it came out. But I, ne- I never bought the... Um, the Apple or the iTunes joint. And so I don't know if I just never watched them because I was avoiding them or what, but I finally watched them, um, watched those vignettes for Smooth Criminal and Thriller and just so, that shit was dope. Like, you can tell it probably would have been doper if Michael would have been there for the final. I love this is it. I love Oh, it's so, it's it sucks that it's good. It pisses me off because you're watching it and you're like, God damn, he is flexing, but also... Put him in the fucking bed. Take his ass right. to the crib. <laughs> Take his ass to the crib. Like, he needed to be tucked the fuck in. Ashley. <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> Y'all know I'm lying. Y'all know I'm not lying. Right now. Yeah, I'm just... I'm 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 just saying. All right, Ash, you got to end on a super high. No, let's, let's hit it high, high, high. And what's that... All right, you. Everybody's gonna say, "Listen, the for." And when I say it's a two, three, or four, however many word answer, I mean that. Don't don't expound on it. Oh my god! Nope. What is your favorite Michael Jackson video, starting with Destiny? Oh God, why my first? Earth song. All right, Randall. Um, favorite video. Um. Wow. Mm, 
jam. See, this is why nobody can't ask y'all fans nothing. Alicia. <laughs> uh, I'll say my top three, I guess. Remember the time. Ooh, all right. Blue. Wild card. First of all, they're not videos. They are short films. Oh, bam. Okay. Uh, but my wild card, can you feel it? Really? Yeah. Yeah, that Jackson's video, like the long version, uh-huh. killer. All right. I'm going to run with You Rock My World. <laughs> you just wow. wanted to see Michael with his hair wrap. I yeah. wanted him in that bandana. Goddamn, yeah. That do be. <laughs> <laughs> he had them edges tied down. It was super tight, man. You ever think about how they, Karen was talking about how Michael had a nervous breakdown that day? Hey, I don't know. I'm so glad he got through it. But when he hit them goddamn steps, oh, baby. He put, he put his hips into that thing. And I. All I'm just glad he. I'm glad he went through the motions because that I ain't never seen nobody hit that shit like that. <laughs> Man, he was grabbing asses, shaking hips. He was doing it all. He gave you full Michael Jackson at that point. God, too mighty. Mm-hmm. Gonna leave it on that note so Randall don't have to get uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something, but I won't. <laughs> no, I, I think you should have the floor. No, I'll save it for after dark. (laughs) And thank y'all for joining us for what has been now several hours of bullshit. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) it's the blackest black Jackson estate episode to date. Hey, and Michael deserved it. So, uh, to our special guests, Randall, Alicia, Destiny, and Latoya, who has gone to tuck herself in the bed, um, also known as user 1.5, we want to thank y'all for joining us for another episode of the Black Jackson State. Please follow us on Twitter at Black Jackson State and our SoundCloud, which is escaping me, but you will get the link. So, there is that. Um, 10 years later we still here we still standing we still strong mm-hmm. Are you, I'm gonna press stop do I just press stop and then what yes my nigga alright hold on <laughs>